Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Success Hackers Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, number 10. Success Hackers is brought to you by Meet Advisors, empowering business through advice. Scott Hansen here, my fellow entrepreneurs. I hope you are ready to play big today. On Success Hackers, we are all about empowering you to start 10xing your mindset and your business. It is all about you getting out of your comfort zone and into your strength zone. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Dave Alwyn. Dave, are you ready to rock? I am ready to go, Scott. Awesome. So third generation in a family-owned meat business, Dave Alwyn decided to take his dream beyond the security of the family business to found Echo Valley Meats, Inc. Dave purchased his first farm at the age of 23 to breed and raise Angus cattle. Because of his desire to learn from the best, Dave also traveled to Germany and Denmark for training in the art of making smoked hams and sausages, completing a three-year apprenticeship in just six months. Not satisfied with his local success, Dave decided to audition for the ABC TV show Shark Tank. He flew to Los Angeles, gave his pitch, and impressed producers enough to make the show. Though he didn't secure a deal with the Sharks, he impressed them with his meat products, authenticity, and enthusiasm. Less than two years later, Dave received the invitation for a return visit to the Shark Tank, where he had the rare opportunity for a second pitch during Season 6. This time, he secured a deal with billionaire investor Mark Cuban, making Dave the only entrepreneur in the show's history to pitch the same business successfully the second time around. Dave Alwyn, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you. Hey, Scott. Thanks so much for having me today. It's my pleasure to be here with you. So, Dave, I shared with Hacker Nation just a little bit about your background, but I really would love for you to share more about you and what your company, Echo Valley Meats, is really all about. My father and my uncle were born in Lebanon and came to this country in 1942 and decided they wanted to get into a business that was going to be sustainable. And so they decided to get into the food business because they said people have to eat each and every day. In 1990, myself and my cousin, which were the two oldest boys, basically were out of school, didn't quit school, whatever, decided to get in the family business. And so at that time, it became Alwyn Brothers and Sons. And each of us worked at a different location. All the real estate state dynamics were a little bit different. And uh, so, so from you know, 1990 to 98, I was part of a, a family business that has now been around pushing 70 years. So, so a lot, little bit of history in our family there. 1992, you alluded to me buying my first farm. And, um, you know, a few years later, 1998 comes, um, just decided my other brother and my cousin, another cousin wanted to get involved. So now you have two dads 
and four boys and six opinions more or less. <laughs> and it was just too much. So, uh, so I opted to leave the family and go out on my own at that point. That is such an incredible story. And we're going to really get into more of that here in a second. And I know that our audience is dying to know more about your Shark Tank experience. But let's talk about passion for a second. I know that in talking to you offline that passion is really, really important for you. I say that uh, once you find the one thing that calls to you, it really doesn't even feel like work. You feel like you're actually swimming with the current versus going against it. Can you share a time when maybe... The only thing that kept you going in the lean years was your passion, Dave. So that first year, my wife was pregnant with our first child. We were starving. If you want to know the truth, I went my entire first year without drawing one paycheck. We were selling horses to make our mortgage payment. Buying and selling horses is what we were doing. And ironically enough, my wife reminded me of this last night. The very first horse we sold to make a mortgage payment, the horse's name was Cash. C-A-S-H. <laughs> and so I forgot about that. Here I'll, I'll be married 19 years, and my wife reminded me of that last night. And so my passion was really driven on just my own self-motivation and the fact that here I'm, you know, 28, 29 years old with a burning desire uh, and found a way to ignite my passion, as my wife would say. And so that was feeding people and wanting to be the best at what I did in the world and making sure I have the best products in the world. And, you know, here we are, you know, Scott, 17 years later, I've never been one to chase the money. My main concern has always been to make the best products in the world and to have the best customer service in the world and the sales follow along they may. I've been fortunate. I've had a hell of a lot of bumps in the road and bruises along the way, and uh, it hasn't been a walk in the park by any means, but I've kind of stuck to my core roots, and that's what's led me to here today. Hacker Nation, Dave just dropped a huge success golden nugget on all of us, which was he never followed the money. He always followed what his passion was. He focused on the product, focused on going above and beyond the call of duty, and really focusing on himself, his family, the business, his passion, serving the customers properly, and sure enough now, which we'll get into in a minute, you're not only obviously sustainable, but doing an incredible job. So I know you have this awesome story as we continue to roll this interview out, and you mentioned that growing up at a very young age, you had the family business, but then you wanted to branch off on your own. You bought a 150-acre farm, as you alluded to. Most young adults would love the fact that their parents owned and operated a successful business, and then they would take it over. So why not just take over the family business? Why take this huge risk and go off on your own, Dave? I told my cousin, I said, man, we got we to gotta get our dads to retire so we can take over and really go in the direction we need to go. And my cousin said, I agree. So we sat down, my dad and my uncle, and they said, okay, two years, we'll retire. So 98 comes. My uncle says to me, we're not going anywhere. You, I don't care what you want to say. Maybe I lied to you, whatever the case might be. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Myself and my cousin had bought this real estate together in 1990. So I went back to Joe and said, Joe, 
you either got to buy me out or I'll buy you out. You double my money or I'll double your money. One of us has to go. And he said, look, Dave, you've been there since 90. It's now 98. So you've been in that location for eight years. Go ahead and just buy me out then and you take it. And at that time, this place was only like two or 3,000 square feet. It was very small. So I bought him out and then basically sent my father, my uncle, and my cousin an eviction notice out of my building. <laughs> said, it's not personal, guys. It's just business. You like me? Good luck to you. They would have owed me about $600,000 at the time for my share of the family business. I said, I don't want a dollar of your money. I wish you nothing but success. And I walked away on my own with nothing to start Echo Valley Meats. And everybody, including my own father, thought I was out of my mind. How am I going to compete in the same area against a family business that has now been in business over 40 some years? So everybody thought I lost my marbles, if you want to know the truth. So the question is, did you get invited to the next couple Christmases? No, there was a long <laughs> period of time. Probably the first 10 years, really none of us talked too much, to be honest with you. Then I decided that I wanted to become the best sausage maker and ham maker in the world. So I went to Germany and Denmark. I got my first purchase order in record time, did 150,000 summer sausages, only to find out, Scott, that I lost a nickel apiece. Oh. So. I made them $1.35 million, so I decided in 2003 that I'm going to get into this mail order business myself, and I'm going to sell the same product for $6, $7, $8. Now my margins are far better, but still far cheaper than the industry average. Really, that's how I got into the mail order business, so to say. Wow. So, so many amazing little success strategies that are hidden right there in that conversation. Wow, you had this successful family business. You went off on your own. You basically were ostracized for roughly 10 years. You didn't care. You were off on your own. You were doing things that your family wasn't really used to doing for so many years. You had an idea. You had a vision. Right when you thought things were just really going well, you actually lost money on this big deal, but then you kept moving forward. Somebody's listening right now going, oh my God, this guy's resilience is unbelievable. Would you say that's one of your success traits? Absolutely. The world doesn't know any of us are living and I've never lived in the pity pool for a day in my life. And I have a daughter that's uh, going to be 17 next month who will never talk or walk, has seizures every day, has almost died three times in the last year now. And it's called life, people. Give up, give in, or wake up and give it hell. And I wake up and give it hell every single day of my life. And I can tell you, Scott, I'll get knocked down again and, and there'll be many more times. But I can tell you, I've never woke up one morning in my life and thought, I'm doing something wrong or I don't believe in what I'm doing or I'm going to fail. No way. We all have challenges in life. We face them head on. You learn from them and you move forward the next day. And that's kind of how I'm wired. I don't know if it's, just, if it's guts or if it's just a strong will to survive. You got me fired up over here, man. I'm like pacing talking to you in this interview. You got me fired up. I love, love, love your attitude, your zest for life. You just shared about your daughter. I mean, you got. I know you got a lot of things going on, especially now that you're this massive celebrity from Shark Tank, which you'll go into in a minute. But I love the fact that you're just still this down-home guy that's from southern Illinois, from the farm, and yet you have this unbelievable amount of zest for life, zest for business, and ultimately to serve your customers. You know, you, you can change your clothes. A lot of people, you change your clothes every day. But I can tell you one thing. I will never change my ways or who I am. 
So Dave, share a moment when you knew that you were onto something big. It wasn't just a dream anymore, but your business became a reality, an actual successful business. Can you take us back to a quick story where maybe it was the time when you sold a horse called cash, or maybe it was another time when you said, you know, us branching away from the successful family business, going off on our own, maybe there's something to this, and I think I might be able to make it work. The specific moment was this. It was deer season. My staff knows that in the state of Illinois, you have to have a deer checked in in order to have it processed, which means it has to be registered with the state, so they keep records of it and all that. And so there was a guy that came in, and one of the girls came and said, oh, this guy's all scruffy. He's been in line an hour to drop his deer off. He's so upset. He doesn't want to get back out of line. And I'm like, look, have him leave it in the back alley, pull around, walk into the office, and I'll take care of him. And, uh, I said, man, you got to have it checked in. He said, I didn't know that. I'm just hunting deer for the first time. And he was in this old ratty pickup truck. So I got him checked in online. We got through it, started talking to him. And uh, uh, he said, is there any way I can buy any deer slime? You know, I'm going back to deer camp tonight. And I said, no, I can't sell you any. But you know what? I'll give you some. Take a roll or two on me. He kind of followed me in the hall. And he's like, wow, this place is much bigger than it looks from the outside. I said, come on, I'll give you the quick tour. They're still processing hams, and we have what we call these number twos, all the miscuts sitting in a pile. And I don't have the mission and give them to some of the poor people and stuff like that. And I said, I'll tell you what. I'll throw one of these hams in a bag for you. Take it back to deer camp. I guarantee you'll love it. Stop down at Kroger, get some bread and mustard or mayonnaise, whatever you guys need, and you're set. And I said, oh, by the way, it'll be one of the best hams you've ever eaten in your life because it's a natural juice ham. Takes a bite of it. He's like, wow, that really is a good ham, isn't it? I said, I told you. And uh, so we walk in the hall and I said, oh, by the way, you know, he thanked me for taking care of him and really appreciated me going out of my way. And I said, oh, by the way, if you want one for Christmas when you go back home, because this was like Thanksgiving, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I remember it. I said, I can even ship one to you. We, should, we have a small catalog and we ship. And he goes, you can ship these? And he goes, how much are they? And I said, I don't know, like maybe at the time, $49 for a half, $89 for a whole, something like that. Wow. He says, let me give you my credit card. Opens up his wallet, pulls out his credit card, and he says, go ahead and run this for $35,000. I'll let my secretary email you my mailing list on Monday, and we'll get started with that. I'll probably be adding to it, but I know that'll get you started. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like wow. He's oh like, your customer service, how you just treated me, you didn't know who I was from the man on the moon, is far superior. I said, well, who are you anyway? <laughs> and uh, he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you who I was. So he opens up his wallet and hands me his card. Basically, he was the CEO of a Fortune 50 company out of Chicago. And they've been a customer ever since. Oh, my God. So that was kind of the defining moment that I just sold one of the biggest CEOs on earth. And just by me talking to him and handing him a product like that, and putting it in his mouth right there, that he truly saw it, believed it, and tasted it, and felt enough to say, run my credit card for $35,000. You know... As you told your story, people might have missed the golden nugget, which was the golden nugget right there is no matter who you serve as a business, as a product in the service business, whatever it is that you do, you never know who the other person is on the other end of the counter that could, in your case, be a guy that drops 35 k on your products just because you go in the extra mile. You never, ever, ever, and I tell my 12-year-old this all the time, judge a book by its cover. It will fool you every single time. Probably the wealthiest people on earth, you'll never know they have money. They don't let you know they have money. It's the people that really think they're something special or need to showboat or brag. or They're the ones that like to let you think they have a lot of money, and some might and some might not. 
But the truly successful people that have earned their own money, not the golden ch children that has been handed to them, but the people that have earned it, well, you, they are just real people like you and me. Oh, my God. What a great story. So one of the segments on the show, Dave, is called a fail forward stage. Take us back to a specific time or an event in your entrepreneurial endeavor when you failed, but you failed forward and took that failure and used it as fuel for your success fire. Maybe this was the time, Dave, when you auditioned for the Shark Tank the first time, but didn't get a deal. Can you share that story with our audience and how you were able to learn from it? No, it's actually before that even. It was two years. So I auditioned in 2012. In 2010, I got into a restaurant with uh, 10 people and major CEOs. All these guys were probably three to $10 million a year guys and they wanted me to be a partner with them. And I said no for six months. They talked me into it. My wife was pissed. She didn't want me to get involved in it. And a couple years into it, we had lost all kinds of money. After I had lost my first $230,000 in equity, I knew it was time to throw in the towel. I told everybody that I'm getting out of here. I'm walking away and I'm going back to the meat business and focusing on that. So the day I resigned, I found out we owed everybody money. So I went to the bank, borrowed an additional $200,000 to make sure every single vendor, including the sales tax, the 941 payroll taxes, everything was paid to the penny the day I walked away. I sent everybody certified letters, letting them know I was resigning as a corporate officer, that my debt was paid in full knowing the day that I signed those bank papers, I would never see a nickel of that loan that I borrowed. That was a gut-wrenching, miserable failure beyond your wildest imaginations. But now as I look back at that, Scott, I look at that as the single best and worst lesson of my life today. As my uncle always said to me, David, don't try to carry three watermelons with two hands. You will always drop one. <laughs> so that was the day that I said, I am putting my heart, soul, and energy 100% back into Echo Valley Meats. And I am not worrying about one thing ever again. And I have not looked back since. And, um, you know, we've come a long way in the last few years because of that lesson. Let's get to the shark tank questions. First of all, I want to learn from you when you actually told your wife, hey, honey, I want to audition for this TV show called The Shark Tank. What did she say, number one? And take us down the path of your audition. So we come home from a soccer game in Chicago in May of 2012, and Sunday night, Shark Tank rerun is on. And I'm watching. I say, you know what, honey, I'm going to jump on the computer and see what auditions are. And I said, you're not going to believe this. A block away, downtown Chicago, was auditions for Shark Tank all weekend where we were staying. She laughed and she said, well, maybe another day. And I said, no, that's the bad news. The good news is there's one left in Los Angeles next Saturday and I'm jumping on a plane Friday. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, right. And I said, no, I'm getting on a plane. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to L.A. She stood up, she looked at me in the eye and she says, tell me what you feel your honest chances of making the show. I said, 90%. She goes, Why? I said, we know we make a great product. We know we know this industry from conception to consumption. I breed cattle. I show cattle. I raise cattle. I've been trained in Germany and Denmark. I know very few people in this world know this industry from conception to consumption. I know we have great products. She said, okay, you have terrible handwriting, so print out the application and I'm filling it out for you. <laughs> so she became on board when, I, when she saw the look in my eye and it was that burning desire that she knew I was dead serious. And no matter what she said or did, she wasn't going to stop me. I was going. It was that simple. I jump on a plane Friday. 
I fly into LAX. I get there about nine o'clock. I drive about an hour and a half to Culver City, which is where the uh, down by Burbank and stuff is where the auditions were. I get to the hotel. There's thousands of people, it seems, in line already. I'm like, are you kidding me? Auditions aren't for 14 hours here. I thought I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I go up to the guy first in line and I said, man, when did you get here? He goes, Monday. I said, Monday? Today's Friday. Are you kidding me? Scott, there's people lined up down the sidewalk with mattresses, with cots, with lawn chairs. They've been camped out here for days. I thought I was at a Grateful Dead concert. It was crazy. So I go checking in. Fast forward 17 hours later, we get to the front of the line. I gave my pitch. And, um, you know, I had to go home and, and submit a video submission then on why and who I am. They must have liked what they saw. They called me back in record time. And we started the process. And at this point, you're talking to producers a couple times a week, giving them your pitch. There's thousands of people still in the mix here. And uh, this went on for several months. And so uh, about August, I think it was, we uh, got a phone call that uh, we were basically in the semifinals, which is, you know, down to the top 500. Um, I fly out to L.A. I do film. And, of course, I air. However, I don't get a deal. Um, so it was gut wrenching. I didn't know my customer acquisition costs. I didn't have a good enough, uh, uh, business plan. However, they gave me complete kudos on my product. They really all liked the product. They respected me because they asked me questions and I said, I don't know. And I just told them, I don't know. I didn't act like I knew, you know, you filmed prior to airing, of course. And so I knew the outcome and stuff. And of course I said, heck with it. I'm throwing a big party. I think everybody in the room assumed Dave got a deal or why would he have a party? <laughs> of course, you can't share your information with anybody. So we go on the screen and uh, and don't get a deal. And the whole room is like, oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't get a deal and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, you know what? Keep your chin high. I said, uh, Matthew, my IT guy was there. I said, throw on Google Analytics for me. I said, how many are on the Echo Valley site 30 minutes ago? He said, like three or four. I said, how many are on the site live time right now? Showed live Google Analytics with 87,000 people on our website. <laughs> 6,800 open shopping baskets. That was epic, of course. You know, we, we didn't anticipate what was going to happen. The good news is we had a whole lot of traffic because of what they said about Echo Valley's product and stuff. Everybody was going to the site, checking it out. The bad side of that, Scott, was we had so much business that we had a software glitch uh, that we shipped $100,000 in orders twice that we didn't get paid for. So oh. another very painful lesson along the way. So we decided to build a third website based basically within an eight week period. So then we went into something called Magento. We had to completely put in systems and stuff like that quickly. Here we are, I obviously not ever knowing or even thinking or even assuming that I would ever get a second chance to get back on the show. So I had two years of great growth, great mail order business, great companies coming to us all over the country because of season four. Opportunities galore, even from season four, was actually offered uh, a couple million dollars just for my name turned that down because I was still worried about making sure my customers were taken care of. We had so much, we'd taken so much money and made so many mistakes. Fast forward to season six, there was no secret now that some of the sharks had been customers. They talked about it on the show. Uh, we built relationships with them. Some of the biggest movie stars on earth have been using us. So we built up a nice customer list. And here they come back and said, would you consider coming back on the show? I'm like, are you kidding me? I would love to come back on the show. Whoever gets a second chance. And they said, well, there's only one guy ever, actually, uh, the wine guy. But he didn't get a deal either time. Um, so you know there's no guarantees. I, I'm fortunate enough, I got to go back on the show and even bring my son this time, which was really special. So my son and I get to go out. 
we film you know several months before we air then of course we get the email that we're going to air uh, in two weeks we ended up airing March 13th of 2015 that was Friday the 13th so of course all the jokes were like oh my god they put you on Friday the 13th <laughs> did you and uh, I said, well, I can't kiss and tell. Everybody's going to have to watch the show just like me to find out. So this time I do have a party. Again, actually, somebody hosted a party for me. You know, the rest is history. Had multiple offers. Robert and Kevin started in with offers. Um, I, I wanted Mark before I went on the show, to be honest with you. So if I had that opportunity to get Mark, I was going to go with Mark no matter what it took. He said it on the show that his family orders all the time. They order Thanksgiving. They order Christmas. They order Easter. Uh, we send them stuff on vacation. So we've become friends with the family. Um, we are on a tech texting basis, we're on an email basis, we talk from time to time. And it, you know, it's kind of surreal because they're just like you and I at the end of the day and they just want to be taken care of. They don't want to be put on a pedestal, but yet they want good products for a fair price. They're smart people. And so I've always given them that respect. I've always given them the best customer service, the best product. And uh, so when Mark, you know, he was the third one to make an offer, um, there was no question in my mind. It was ready to en end the negotiations right there. I, Mark was the guy I wanted and uh, Mark was is our partner. So, uh, you know, Mark Cuban and Echo Valley Meats have become partners. What a great story. I mean, again, so many cool little nuggets and strategies and success tips all kind of embedded right there in the last few minutes. I actually polled some people on Facebook yesterday. I let them know, hey, I'm going to be interviewing Dave Alwyn, who was a quote-unquote winner, got investment from the show. Here's some of the questions that they had for you, Dave. Is Kevin O'Leary, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful, that much of a jerk? Absolutely not. I think he's probably the most educated, maybe one of the wisest ones on there because he's so well-rounded. His intelligence is so crazy high because he's lived in multiple countries his whole life. You know what? I've never looked at him as arrogant. I think every one of them are absolutely world-class. Even Barbara, who was not on either of my two episodes, Barbara actually tweeted for us the night we were on saying, I love seeing a company come back after rejection and look at Echo Valley Meats. They are on fire. Who was the nicest one of the sharks? You know, I... You know, when Kevin asked me on season four, what's your customer acquisition cost? And I said to him, I don't know. He didn't know even know what to say to me. He was ready to like hammer me. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? I said, I don't know. I said, I was always taught when you don't know something, don't act like you do because it ends up making you look twice as stupid in the end. That's right. And I think they had so much respect for me because I was so brutally honest. When I walked off of the set on season four, you might remember what they looked at each other and said, my God. We've chewed people up and spit them out for a lot less than that. But <laughs> he's such a nice guy, and he is so honest. And that's where, I, that's where I tell entrepreneurs, be yourself, but stay true to your vision and don't let people or others distract you. Mm. You can go to 10 different people, and you're going to get 10 different answers of what everybody thinks you should be doing. But if you start listening to what everybody else thinks you should do, you're going to spin in a circle, and it's going to be out of control. Great advice. One of the other questions came in. It says, when you're up there pitching your product in TV time, it's just a few minutes. How long were you actually in the tank? That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's probably uh, an hour, maybe a little more. Okay, wow. Uh, I think the record for an entrepreneur in the tank was two and a half hours, if I, if I remember right. And uh, I know that you're in business with Mark Cuban, and you sort of alluded to this a few minutes ago. Do you actually have contact with him, or was it simply that he just gave you an influx of cash? 
Oh my goodness, no. Mark and I email regularly. He wants to know what sales are, what's going on. Mark is very engaged in all of his company. He is a phenomenal partner. I can throw ideas off of him, bounce ideas off him, or say I want to do this or want to do that. I mean, the he was, I think, even a little bit of surprised at how much traffic our site took this time because last time it took about for season four was about I don't know six or eight days to break a million hits this time it was uh, inside 24 hours we broke a million wow. hits wow. and so uh, so he was he was very uh, intrigued obviously and he's like wow great stuff send me sales reports every couple days but he and I, uh, I there's not a day goes by that I could email him and not get a response he responds all the time now again he's just a real person like you and I and has his hand on the throttle on any of his companies it's his money and he hasn't forgot where he came from either he takes it very serious we're going to enter what's called the randomness round, Dave. Now, the randomness round is all about me firing questions at you and whatever comes to top of mind to just blurt it out. So, Dave Alwyn, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. Bring it on. Best advice you've ever received? Never try to carry three watermelons with two hands. You will always drop one. What's a daily habit that you do that at some time throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I wake up and I do sit-ups and push-ups to get my cardio into a little bit of a sweat and just clear my head. You now own a time machine, Dave. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self give your 25-year-old self? Put your customer's needs first and your quality control first. Those two things are equally as important. Never chase the money or never chase a relationship. Everything has to happen organically. And if you try to push it or go too fast, 99% of the time it's going to fail. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed to your success? Burning desire and passion and believing in myself. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I also have a crazy numbers mind. You know, some people ask me on the show, oh, did you get, you had to have those questions pre-answered or pre-qualified. I'm like, there's no such thing. How could anybody rattle off numbers as fast as you did in that short a time? I'm a numbers freak. And so I am a mathematician in my head, basically. Last question of the randomness round, Dave. When your life is near the end, what do you want to be remembered for and what do you want your legacy to be? Dave Alwyn was a very giving, humble, genuine human being. Dave, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing not only your time, sharing these awesome success strategies and tips with Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Absolutely, Scott. Well, first of all, thanks for having me because your time is just as valuable as mine. And so I would say, you know, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, link out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Dave Alwyn on LinkedIn, Echo Valley Meets on Twitter, Echo Valley Meets on Facebook. You're going to watch this company grow leaps and bounds. We've got a lot of really cool things coming down the pipe. And we have another Shark Tank company called Wicked Good Cupcakes uh, out of Boston that did a deal with Kevin O'Leary. Them and us, or Echo Valley Meats, are partnering up and getting into the corporate gift world. So you're going to see a lot of really cool things. So all I can say is follow us on social media. Check out our website from time to time. We're constantly changing it. Get on our mailing list. We, we're having deals from time to time. Just watch the journey because the journey really is just beginning. And I know your time after the Shark Tank, after all these collaborations, I know you're being asked and pulled in so many different directions. You're going on Good Morning America. You're going on all these different media outlets. You're being asked to speak, to do other podcasts. 
besides running this thing called your business. So again, I can't thank you enough on behalf of Hacker Nation for coming on the show, sharing your advice, sharing your incredible passion and your incredible energy and your attitude. Well, thanks, Guy. And Good Morning America is, is our products. It's not necessarily Dave Baldwin personally, but we're in negotiations about putting our products on there for Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day. So they, they have these special promotions with products. So I want to clarify that because that's still in negotiations as well. They've reached out to me. Again, I feel very blessed that uh, they feel our products are worthy to go on ABC. Fantastic. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Dave Alwyn, along with other really cool resources that we have on the site. And also, don't forget to leave a review and a five-star rating. You can do this by going to successhackers.net, clicking on the iTunes tab, and clicking subscribe to the show on the iTunes page. By doing this, you will allow the show to grow and allow us to impact people from all over the world. You can also follow me and the show on Twitter at ScottHanson1210, at ScottHanson1210. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.